want to welcome all of our guests today. I see a number of guests that I believe are first-time guests, and we are so happy to have you today. We welcome you, and uh, if you'd like to know more about the Bible, the Word of God, the most important book in all of the world, it would be our pleasure to help you do that. Brother Ben Kimbrell will be in the back of the sanctuary at the end of service if anyone would like to know how to do that more and ways to do that. If you're a guest, somebody can help you find him if you'd like to know more about the Word of God. If you're watching us online today, we welcome you as a part of this service. Pray that you're blessed by it today. Want to? I know I. There'll be some of you, perhaps I should, that I will overlook, so my apologies, but I do want to mention a couple other folks. Good to have Brother Josh planted in service. He is first time home after joining the Air Force, and we welcome him home. It's great to see him. And uh, I also want to, you know, there's some... uh, there's, there have been some amazing, amazing people that have been a part of this church in its 49 plus years. And in my opinion, some of the most amazing people that have been a part of this church are people that were not necessarily that well known by everybody. And uh, one of those individuals... And uh, I'm pretty sure many of you, this may be the first time you will ever even have heard this name. Others of you will be very familiar with the name. But one of those people that to me ranks at the top of the list of one of the most precious saints that have ever been a part of this church in its history is uh, Sister Emma Hall. And it is an awesome privilege today to have her daughter be in service with us. <laughs> when I looked up and saw them bringing her in, I just had a flood of memories. And uh, wow, what a... I don't know, that just made my day. And uh, her her brother Albert, she's got a other brother too, but her brother Albert and I are close in age and have been lifelong friends. But I just wanted to say, I actually got on my phone real quick and texted my mother. I said, guess who's here today? And uh, needless to say, she was very disappointed that she's not here. But uh, I just wanted to say how awesome it is to have her in service today and I know some I see other family members that are here as well and uh, again sister sister Emma Hall and I mean that from the bottom of my heart one of the sweetest ladies that's ever been a part of this church and um, so what a what an honor Luke chapter 2. If you're a guest, let me just, uh, I've already explained a little bit about 
how we do service, but um, during the holidays, so let me go ahead and just just finish it off for you. We 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 don't believe that uh, December twenty fifth is Jesus's birthday. Uh, we don't believe that's the day he was born, um, and uh, that's probably another reason why we may be treated a little different than others. Um, bottom line is we believe he was born and I've come to the conclusion now the last several years uh, whether or not he was born that day or not is a little bit beside the point because the world the world I've been in Muslim countries predominantly Muslim countries around this time of the year in the past and there was Christmas being recognized. So whether or not he was born December 25th is in, in some ways to me a little bit irrelevant because if nothing else, there's at least one time of year that the world has it brought to their attention that Jesus Christ was born. So I say all that because what I'm about to read and preach really is going to sound like, of course, well, it's, you know, it fits for this time of year. But the bottom line is I don't always preach holiday relevant messages. I always do my best to preach whatever the Lord gives me to preach. So uh, as much as it's going to sound like, of course, I'm just doing what I feel to do today. So Luke chapter 2, and if you'll bear with me for a moment, I'm going to read several verses and then you can be seated. Luke 2 and 1. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria, and all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being with great child, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her son, her firstborn son, And wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people for unto you i love i I, i've been i've been noticing this i think more and more the last just couple of months i love the use of personal pronouns that we find throughout scripture one one example recently that just keeps coming back to me is the the famous 23rd psalm David did not say in the 23rd Psalm, the Lord is a shepherd or the Lord is the shepherd. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. And the angel didn't just say to the world, there's a savior. He said to you, 
is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad, saying which was told them, thus saying which was told them concerning this child. There's a word that's reused two different times throughout the verses we have just read, and that's the word wrapped. I'd like to ask you a question this morning as my title, What Was Wrapped? What Was Wrapped? Lord Jesus, I thank you for your presence that is in this place today. I thank you for the way you have already been working and moving and ministering, touching hearts and lives in this service. So I ask now, Father, that you would continue to minister and that you would do that through your word. God, I pray that you would speak to hearts and lives in this place today through your word. I pray, God, this would not be a sermon just to be a part of this service, but that it would be a message, a word that would come from you that would find somebody exactly where they are and meet the needs that they have in their life trust you and depend on you this morning, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Realize there, I believe, are a few among us that have uh, chosen based on their uh, beliefs and desires. They don't necessarily participate in some of the things that go on at Christmas time as a part of the holiday season, and I fully respect everyone's right to sort of live out their convictions. Um, I we 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 take time and exchange gifts as a family and decorate and all that. Again, more so just as a part of what we do as a family, not paying homage to Jesus Christ being born per se. And so, one of the things that is A part of those that celebrate Christmas, if you will, is the excitement, and especially when there's small kids in the house, the excitement of what is under the tree, what is wrapped in the wrapping paper. I was, I really was, had no intention of bringing up the Army Navy game yesterday in, in, you know, because it's a little bit. Uh, sensitive subject for some folks. I, I really didn't want to bring it up, but this is the second time I, I wasn't planning to do that. So I'll just leave it right there. But I was uh, watching the game with my dad, my brother, and my nephew yesterday. And Noah's, uh, I think, seven years old. And and uh, we he passed by the tree, and there's some presents wrapped, and he picked one up and is shaking and feeling and 
trying to figure out what it is because the reason it's wrapped is to hide what's there. And the excitement and the anticipation is tearing in to, uh, to those gifts. We, we, we've, uh, my dad, I believe it was after we were married when he started this, but you know, it, I think it's the typical kind of deal, at least in the movies, everybody just tears into the presence. And, uh, you know, and in a matter of moments, it's all done. Well, I may have been around the time of grandkids, but I think maybe a little before, I don't know, but we started that it's one gift at a time. One person at a time, and there are times in which, due to the number of people, and especially the gifts the little one get, that can take a little while. But it's not just a tearing in, and and so there is anticipation and excitement, and and most of us adults, if we would be honest, there's probably to a degree still a same level of excitement and anticipation to find out what's there. We just demonstrate it in a much more mature way. It's kind of funny, the transition, and some of you can relate, the transition of the years and years in which my wife and I were, uh, uh, our children woke us up very early to get to wrapping the presents, to now the transition being we have to wake them up to... And so, you know, when we're finally trying to get them up around noon, it's a... No, not quite. <laughs> but the, the, the excitement of finding out what is wrapped. And so I, I understand that uh, the, this word wrapped that's used here twice in the passage that I've read, I, I understand it wasn't Christmas wrapping paper. I understand this was not... Literally, it was not a present that would wrap, but figuratively... It was a present that was wrapped. And in fact, it's the greatest gift that the world has ever been given. So the question is, what is it that was wrapped there in that manger? I, I know it's, it, it's also a who and 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 uh, Matthew addresses that. He quotes the prophet Isaiah, Matthew one twenty two. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. God with us. See, there is this progression that takes place throughout Scripture. And, and, and that progression was, you know, God is, God is everywhere. God fills all space. But, but then this, the next step he took was he, he wanted to be with people. But that was only a transition to the final step because ultimately God wasn't just interested in being with us. God's goal was not to just be with us and dwell among us, but ultimately God's goal and God's plan was to dwell in us. Because there is nothing in this world that compares to God in you. 
It's one thing to know that God is with us. It's one thing to know that God is everywhere and fills all space and all time. But it's a whole different thing to know that God is living and dwelling on the inside of me. And all of that, all that that means and all that that provides. And so ultimately laying in that manger was God with us. God in a in an infant in a newborn babe God was now with us anybody ever bought something you 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 say this in a broad way for anybody ever bought something you had to return to the store just about everybody yes anybody ever learned that it doesn't go back in the package the way it came in the package I mean, they got this full set of sheets in this little, you know, eight and a half by 11 package. And you can work all day and never get them back in there like that. And there's a lot of things that are that way. You, If you're going to return them trying to get them back into the package or back into the box, you, you, you it just, I don't know how they do it. Because you try to stuff it in there and you can't get it back in there. Thankfully, they don't require it to be as neatly repackaged as it was originally packaged. I I don't understand how God... Oh, hallelujah. I don't understand how God, who fills all time and space, the, the eternal one, the, the, the self-existent one, the the the. the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first, the last, the, the one that was and is and is to come. I, I don't understand that. You, how you get all of that into a baby. But it was God manifested in the flesh, in that Several pound infant, couple inches long, was God, man. Because it's God is so big. This, I don't think this makes sense. I'm gonna say it anyway. God is so big, He can manifest Himself in a small way. <laughs> We're all about out trying to prove how big we are, how big and bad we are. God says, "Let me show you how big I am. I'm gonna take all of this and I'm gonna put it into a newborn baby." And that's going to be God with us. I, I, I'm not on. I'm not on a soapbox. I'm not going to get on a soapbox. But I, I am. I, I am deeply troubled every year by the fact that so many people recognize the Christmas time of year and even celebrate Christmas Day, and yet they really have no personal, intimate knowledge of what it's really all about. Because that's part of the reason why I don't know how you celebrate it one day a year when you find out what it's really all about. Because the fact that Jesus Christ came to this earth and started in a manger is not worth celebrating one day. It's worth celebrating every day. Because my life has been eternally changed by what took place in that manger. I, I, there is one, there is one. I'm doing something this morning. I don't, I don't, I, normally, most of the time, 
I preach to you first what I preach, and then I usually repeat it other places. I've been going since, uh, since I think May was the first time, basically once a month. There have been a couple of months I couldn't do it because of conflicts, but I've been going once a month. Nathaniel's been going with me to uh, the Annapolitan Assisted Living Home right over here on, on uh, Route 50, right off of Baydale Drive. And, and uh, we go there and we sing a few songs, and I... I, uh, I share whatever I feel, and, and this is what I felt to share with them this past week. And I had no intention of preaching this this morning. But I just haven't quite been able to get away from it. Because somebody else, besides those precious people, need to get a glimpse and an idea or be reminded of what it was that was wrapped in that manger. And really, I'm there, and I'm going to read some more things in a moment, but I think there's really one single verse that encapsulates who and what was in that manger that day. We find that in the prophet Isaiah. Many of you probably could quote this verse from memory, but Isaiah 9 and verse 6. And, and I want you to notice again in the first couple of words, it's a personal pronoun again, for unto us. Somebody say, that's me. Look at somebody and say, that's you. For unto us is born, a child is born, and unto us a son is given. And I, I understand the verse we're reading took place long before the event of Jesus being born, and now you and I are long after that, and yet it applies to us just as much as it did to them. Unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And now listen to, listen to who, listen to what it is that was wrapped in that manger. Wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, and the prince of peace. All wrapped in a manger. The message Bible says it like this. For a child has been born for us. The gift of a son for us. He'll take over running of the world. His names will be amazing counselor. Strong God. Eternal Father and Prince of Wholeness. Mm -hmm. The Bible in basic English says it this way, For to us a child has come, to us a son is given, and the government has been placed in his hands, and he has been named Wise Guide, Strong God. Father forever and Prince of Peace. I, I, I think if you take each one of those things, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, if, if you take those, those things and, and wonderful counselor is there, there is, uh, as the other two translations say it, it, 
I think you could actually interpret it to say that it's wonderful counselor, not wonderful, comma, and counselor, but it's the wonderful counselor. If you take those four things, I really don't know of a situation that any individual has that one of those things is not able to deal with that issue, that problem, that circumstance, that one of those four things is exactly what you need. That no matter what you're facing, no matter what it is you're going through, one of those four things has the ability to meet your need. I, I know every one of us have had times that we didn't know what to do. We didn't know which direction to go. We, we didn't know the answer to some problems that we were facing, that we needed a wonderful counselor. But you know what's amazing about this wonderful counselor? He's not like natural counseling. I, I, I uh, of course, you know, technically, uh, we are we are pastors are not technically really supposed to use the term counsel because if you're not a licensed counselor, you can you can kind of get in trouble. So we talk to people, we dialogue, they share their problems. I try to share some advice, but we don't counsel. <laughs> So when I do that thing that we don't do, I, I, I am limited. I am limited by, number one, what the person tells me. I am dependent upon them expressing the problem, the need. And, and then my, my advice, my guidance is limited upon just taking the principles that I know and applying them to the situation. But the problem is, I don't know the future. So not only do I not necessarily know, and, and you know, most people, most people are going to tell you their issues in a way that doesn't make them look too bad. So you're going based on, and then obviously we, we believe in a, in a spiritual component and, and there is an element of the Spirit of God that speaks and guides and directs, but even, in, even with all of that, I am, I am limited as a human. But you know what's amazing about this wonderful counselor? Is actually, he doesn't even really need you to tell him what the problem is. He already knows. But it does help for you to tell it to him to be honest and truthful though. But not only does he already know every detail about it, but he is not just going to give you advice based on his knowledge and expertise. He also knows what tomorrow holds. And so sometimes the wonderful counselor says, go here. And you say, no, that doesn't really make sense. I, I want to go here. I want to do this. This is what's logical. But the wonderful counselor says, no, you really ought to go there. And sometimes we decide, you know what? I don't think he knows what he's talking about. I'm going to go my way. And sure enough, we find out. Or other times, and hopefully this is what happens most of the time, you know what, it doesn't make sense the way he's guiding me. It doesn't make sense the direction he's telling me to go, but he's the wonderful counselor, so I'm going to follow his advice. And you, and you follow his advice, and, and eventually you're looking around, you're going, wow, he really did know what he was talking about. Wonderful. 
wonderful counselor. Isaiah 1, or excuse me, 11 and verse 1. For there sh- and there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots, and the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. Romans 11.33 says, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are His judgments and His ways past finding out. And understand, please, that is an extremely positive state. His ways are past finding out. That's not, a, that's not a negative thing. What that's saying is, it doesn't matter how much of Him you discover. It doesn't, how ma- it doesn't matter how much of Him you learn and come to understand. You haven't even scratched the surface. There's so much more to Him. You, anybody ever had an experience where you, 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 you were all excited about something, do something, maybe go someplace, maybe it was a, a vacation or something, and, and, and when it was all said and done, it just wasn't quite what it was cracked up to be. Not Jesus. Not Jesus. Not only will you discover that He's better than you ever anticipated, not only will you find out that He's greater than you ever thought possible, when you think you get a little bit of a grasp on His greatness, what you also need to know, you haven't even come close there's so much more left to him that you haven't found out because his ways are past finding out wonderful he is he's got the spirit of wisdom and understanding the spirit of counsel and might the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the lord wonderful wonderful counselor the mighty god the mighty God. Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. I think my son Timothy was around three or four years old, if I'm not mistaken, somewhere in that range, and was in the car riding with my mother, and they pulled into their house, the driveway, and there was a tree that had basically snapped in half and was leaning over. And my son confidently informed my mother, my dad can fix that. You and I are well aware that I don't have the ability to fix a tree that snapped in half. But you know what? That is supposed to be the kind of confidence that we have in the mighty God. There's no broken tree. There's no broken situation. There's no problem. There's no sickness. There's no issue. There's no situation that is too great because He is the mighty God. 
the mighty God. I don't know what problems you've got in your life today, but I'm going to tell you there's a God who is a mighty God who is bigger than any problem, bigger than any situation, bigger than any difficulty there is in your life. The everlasting Father. I like the way that the Bible in basic English says that one. He is the Father forever. He's the Father forever. I understand there are people in this place today that you have had experiences in your life with your natural father that have not been good, and some of you have had a very painful relationship with your natural father. I understand that. And then there are those in this room that have had a great relationship with their father, and it's been, a, it, it's been wonderful, not perfect, but, but you know it's all been pretty good. Bottom line is it doesn't matter what your natural earthly perspective is on a father. We're talking about the heavenly father. We're talking about the father of fathers. We're talking about the perfect father. And Isaiah says he's the everlasting father. You know, there, 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 there's, a, there's a lot of things today that are... I mean, they are great additions to our lives. They're, I'm thankful we have them. There's a lot of things about technology that are, that are you know, they're, they're good and beneficial and used in the right way. They can be very helpful. But, you know, there are some things that you can look back at in the past with memories that, you know what, I kind of miss that, miss those. There's some things that are no longer the way they used to be. There's, there's some things that are not as good as they used to be. There are people, I'm sure, sitting in this room right now, you've got situations in your life that you've got times in the past with fonder memories than the season that you're in right now. And you know what? Life, pretty much everything in life changes. I know I'm, 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 there are people in this place much older than I am that, that you probably will sort of snicker at me saying this at only 48 years old, but I, I, don't, know how we, I don't know how we got here. I don't, know how, I don't know how my kids are at the point, two of them, where they go and come as they please. I, I don't... I don't know how we got, how did we get to this moment? How? There's some things I understand that don't last. There's some things I understand that you, you can't hold on to them. They change. But oh, somebody needs to know today. It doesn't matter what comes and goes in life. Doesn't matter what changes in your life, there is an everlasting father. And he's just as good of a father today as he's ever been. And he'll be just as good of a father tomorrow as he's ever been. And one of the wonderful things about this father is he's never going to leave you. He's never going to die. He's never going to pass away. He, he's never separated from you. There's never a division that has to be between you and him. And he is the everlasting father. He's the prince of peace. 
I realize that from a natural perspective, our preference is for all of our problems, you know, to be solved and everything to be good and our bodies to be healthy, our relationships to all be at peace and everybody getting along and and everything in the world be good and all that. Of course, we know that's never going to happen. And that's why one of the absolute most precious commodities that there is is peace. Because peace supersedes the problem or the circumstances. Peace is what gives the settledness inside that says there's trouble around me. There's chaos, there's confusion, there's turmoil around me. But peace on the inside is what settles me. Peace, peace, wonderful peace. Coming down from the Father above. Sweep over my spirit. He said he is the Prince of Peace. I also like the way the Message Bible says it though. He's the Prince of Wholeness. That means he can bring wholeness to your life. I, I know I know maybe this may not make sense logically, naturally speaking, but your circumstances, the situations of your life don't have to be perfect for you to be whole. Everything around you doesn't have to be fixed for you to be whole. In fact, you can be in the midst of a broken world and you have been broken and yet the Prince of Wholeness comes into your life and begins to work and begins to do things and before you know it, you are now whole because of what the Prince of Wholeness has done in your life. In the... The book of Solomon, Song of Solomon, the fifth chapter. This whole, that whole chapter is kind of this poetic description of Jesus, of God, of this relationship with God. It's got some very, uh, very poetic statements in it. But after, after, I think it's basically the whole chapter. In verse number 16, after all these other things he said, he, 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 he just summarizes it this way. He says, he is all together lovely. After, after trying to describe all these different things, after, after all these different comparisons, trying to give this picture of who he is, he finally just says, he's all together lovely. What was wrapped in that manger, 
What was laying in that manger as a gift to us ultimately was something that is all together lovely. Oh, I know, I know thousands, probably, probably you could say millions, millions of people on December 24th or December 25th are going to go to some kind of a service at some kind of a church to celebrate Christmas. The one or two times perhaps a year they're going to they're gonna go. And what's so sad is, for every one of them, there is a gift that is wrapped and waiting. And many of them are going to come and go. And never get a clue as to what that gift is really all about. As to who it is and what he can do in an individual life. We we say it, we say it. It's not to just it's not to just sort of be cute or 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 that's not really the word I'm looking for, but we we say that part of what defines us as apostolics is we're 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 not about religion, we're about relationship. And and and, and that may just sound like whatever, but but that's that's really a major thing. Because there is a big difference between religion and relationship. And it's pretty obvious religion doesn't last. Religion doesn't satisfy. Religion doesn't fill an emptiness that every single human being was born with. Religion does not fill that void. But a relationship... A personal knowledge and understanding and experience can fill the void and the emptiness that nothing else can fill. There's an old song that says, Only Jesus can satisfy your soul. Only He can take your heart and make you free and whole. He'll give you peace you never knew I think I quoted it already in this service but but the prophet Isaiah says he says whoever will come then he says something that's kind of strange I mean can you imagine if one of the stores said this right now during the holiday shopping season he says if you got no money come and buy Meaning, if you don't have the resources, if you don't have the ability to purchase what it is you need, come anyway, it's available to you.
getting in an old song quoting rut here. There's another old song. It says, I hadn't much to offer, just heartaches and tears, and a life that was filled with despair. For my rags, he gave me riches. For my fear, he traded peace. From my old life, he gave, 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 gave. They have stampedes at stores because of sales. Can you imagine what would happen if they were giving stuff away? And yet the greatest gift ever that is willingly available, readily available to anyone and everyone, so many people miss and never experience. What is it today that's going on in your life? What are you dealing with today? What, je- what challenges, what difficulties, what, what circumstances are you going through right now that, that you need? What was wrapped in that manger to be for you? Because, and I said this last Sunday at our Christmas service, go back to the Old Testament and Moses when he was having his encounter with the burning bush in the wilderness and the voice is speaking to him and Moses asks the question who who am I going to say sent me who am I going to tell Pharaoh is the one that sent me and the response from that voice was I am that I am meaning whatever you need I am not I was and not I will be but I am would you do me a favor if you would just right where you're sitting would you bow your head and close your eyes for a moment I, I believe there's somebody perhaps more than just one but if even if it's just one I believe there's somebody here today and it may be a guest or it may be somebody that's a faithful member. There's somebody here today that that one that was wrapped in that manger that day who is now in this place by His Spirit being manifested. He wants you to find, to experience what it is you need in your life. You need some guidance today. There's a wonderful counselor. You got some big problems you're dealing with today. There's a there's a mighty God. Are you feeling alone? Are you feeling abandoned? There's an everlasting Father. Is there turmoil and difficulties going on in your life? Are you battling fear? Is anxiety? Are you dealing with depression? There is a prince of peace. Father, I pray right now that throughout this sanctuary you would touch 
hearts and lives that are in this place today. God, I believe there are people in this service today that you have brought for a divine appointment because you desire to make yourself known in a real way, in a greater way than perhaps was thought possible. Let your spirit work and move in our hearts and our lives today. As you continue, if you would, for just another moment or two with your heads bowed and eyes closed, if you're here this morning and you've got, you've got a need, you've got a situation, you've got some circumstances in your life that you need what was wrapped in that manger you need what is available I ask you just right where you're sitting just to lift up a hand right now just just stick a hand in the air this is not a if you're a guest this is not a joining a church thing right now this is about a God thing and God's desire to touch your heart and life there's There's a couple of hands that are up throughout this sanctuary. If you don't need this for yourself right now, would you you maybe look around and if there's somebody that's nearby you with a hand up, would would you join with them right now and let the Lord use you to help unwrap the gift that they have need of today? Father, right now, right now, I pray that you would be to every individual what it is they have need of today. I pray, God, that you would impart what is needed, that you would provide what is needed in each life today. That you would be manifested to every individual personal real way right now in the name of Jesus 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 by the power of your spirit Lord by the power of your spirit right now Lord in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name